Take your Bibles, if you would, and find Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34, we're going to begin reading verse 29, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 3, going to begin. You'll have time to find 2 Corinthians 3 here in a few moments, but uh, so you head to the Exodus. His name, it is Jesus, His name that is worthy above all names, and we give Him praise today. Thank you so much to our uh, to Bobby for filling in in our praise band. Thank you all so much for leading us in worship today. We're glad to see you. Greetings to those who are in the sanctuary today. We say greetings to those who are live streaming. And we have about a dozen or so that I know of that are upstairs in an overflow room. And uh, so we appreciate them making room for others. They're in the overflow room, so you might be able to have more room. And you might want to return the favor one day. It would be okay. But uh, we are... Uh, having some exciting days and we know that next week uh, we are celebrating Parkway Baptist Church's 50th anniversary 50th year exactly on September 20th 1970 Uh, Parkway Baptist was constituted as a church so we're celebrating that or beginning our celebration we're going to have a kind of a year long celebration next week so it's also back to church Sunday many of you have come back to church so greeting to those just to every Sunday, we have folks we hadn't seen in months, and so we're glad to see you come back. And then we have new faces that are here today as well. So we welcome. We're glad that you're here today. We know that these are exciting times. Also, baptism next week. Both services are going to be having some baptisms. And if you're interested in baptism, please let us know because we're going to uh, be ready for that. And even those who are in the service next week, if they uh, given their life to Christ, or maybe they have and feel led to be baptized next week, we'll be ready for you and prepared for that. So you be praying for these uh, great days and great days as a part of Parkway. We are in Exodus chapter 34 as we're continuing our series through the life of Moses. Uh, we'll be reading verses 29 and following. This now is the Word of God. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, And he came down from the mountain. Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he'd been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. When he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people would see the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him, meaning to speak with God. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word today. Uh, Aren't you glad to have to be wearing masks? I tell you, I think when this whole thing is over, I think I'm going to keep wearing masks just so you'll have no idea what I'm thinking. Or it may be a fashion statement along the way. I'm pretty sure before this whole thing began that if, you, if you'd walked into a convenience store or to a bank or walked onto a plane with a mask on, they would have been sure that you were there to rob the place or to hijack the plane. What a strange time in which we were living. When this thing first started, I've got to tell you, and people started wearing masks, I was not going to wear a mask. I thought, how ridiculous, particularly when they were talking about whether, you know, it really did any good or not. And, and still, I'm not really fully convinced of all of this, you understand. But when I found out or started coming back to church, and I realized more people might come to church if I wore a mask and I, 
uh, asked you to wear a mask too. Then I thought, well, I'm all in. So we have lots of reasons maybe to wear a mask. It is a protection for other people. It is makes other people feel safer, protection for us. Not only that, we find it's a mandate of the state. It's a, it's a part of the law now, uh, at least for a time in which we are wearing. Now let me ask you today, as we read this passage today, is this the first time that you knew that Moses wore a mask? Now granted, it was probably a veil in which he wore, it's called a veil in which maybe he could see out, but other people could not see in. Do you know why Moses wore a mask? Well, it may be not be the reason that you think. God knew though today, he knew that we would be here in this pandemic. He knew that you would be gathered here today. There'd be people listening online. There'd be people listening in overflow room. And today that we would be using the mask or the veil that Moses wore in order to talk about how God's glory and God's presence needs to be revealed in our life even today. Every time we come together in a series such as this, there's a little bit of catching up, I guess, of, for, uh, to remind those who've been a part of the series and been listening or have been a part of the worship services so that they may remember where we are and where we're going. There's also for those who have come for the very first time or maybe listening in or maybe one and only time so that they'll know exactly where we are and where we're going. Well, if this is your first time to be a part of this particular sermon series or maybe it's your, uh, the one and only time, I want you to know that there's a message for you. If you've been a part of this sermon series as we've been talking about Moses, I want you to know that there's something for you. And if you're here and you're here today or you're listening today and you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ as of yet, maybe you're a seeker of knowledge and truth. May it be today is the day that you come to realize everything that is said about Jesus and all that he said about himself is true that He did come to take away our sins and to give us salvation so that we might be able to have eternal life. So here we are talking about Moses again. In case you've not noticed, this is not a short series that we talk about Moses. And in some sense, though, I feel like we're just kind of hitting the highlights as we do. But uh, I kind of feel like, you know, who knows when we're going to pass this way again or pass through these passages again. So we're going to get all the good that we can while we're here. While we continue to make application for all the things that are happening in the world today, as a matter of fact, I kind of feel like this series kind of helps us with the things that we're going through today so that we might not be slaves to this world, but we might find our freedoms that are in Christ. And so that you might be able to make application for the things happening in your families and the things that are happening to you individually. Now Moses, in the passage in which we are reading today, Moses is coming down the mountain for a second time and he's got the stone tablets in his hand. Just a reminder, do you remember, he came down once before with the stone tablets in his hand. When he came down, he found that the Israelites, they had made a golden calf and they were partying and worshiping before this golden calf. And so Moses came down in very dramatic fashion, realized they were worshiping an idol. And he says to them, he said, everybody who's on the Lord's side, come to me. Only one tribe, the tribe of Levites, came to Moses at that time. Well, Moses melted down the golden calf. He grounded it into powder and dust. He put it into the drinking water and made the Israelites all drink the gold-laced water. And when Moses turns to the top of the mountain again, this time for a twofold purpose. One is so that uh, he might pray on behalf of God's people, on behalf of the Israelites, and also so that he might receive a second time the stone tablets because the first time he had thrown them down the mountain and uh, they had been destroyed showing that they were not ready to follow. They weren't following God's law and weren't ready to hear from the sacred word of God. And 
In one of my favorite parts, while he's up on the mountain, we find that he has experienced more of the glory of God than ever before. God puts him in the cleft of the rock, and all of God's glory kind of passes by Moses. Doesn't kind of, it does pass by Moses, and God's hand is there to protect Moses in the cleft of the rock, and then he removes his hand, and the Bible says that God then sees his back. Well, Moses now returns down the mountain with the stone tablets in his hand once again, but this time... The Israelites are the ones who are surprised or caught off guard for they were not expecting the face of Moses to shine because he had seen the presence of God. Now this is what is sometimes referred to as the Shekinah glory of God. Shekinah being a Hebrew word that means the presence of God that had now come and had bestowed itself and made it known itself, O Moses. Now we can really only imagine what Moses' face looked like. You know, sometimes we talk about people's faces glowing. Maybe they got a good secret that they're keeping, or sometimes it is talked about with expectant mothers, but probably this is not the case because for Moses, well, one, he did not even realize that his face was shining. And then when he comes down, Aaron, who is his brother, his own brother, and kind of the leader when Moses is not there, one of the leaders, and all of the Israelites, they are in fear. They don't even want to come near Moses. You, you might remember one of the reasons that the Israelites gave for building that golden calf was that Moses had been on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. And they said, we don't know what's happened to this Moses who's gone on the mountain, as if to say that he's not all that significant. And now Moses has come down with the, whatever's happening to his face that is shining, and now they realize God's hand certainly is upon him. And boy, they think twice maybe before complaining against Moses. It wouldn't be the last time, but they would least cause them maybe to give a little more respect and to be able to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's hand was on Moses. Now before we go further, we want to be sure that you know our message today will be let there be no doubt that if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ that God's hand is upon you. Let there be no doubt that Jesus' presence in, in your life and that you represent Him. Now, if you have notes before you today or picked them up when you came in, you might notice there are several sentences that begin with the presence of the Lord Jesus. And these are characteristics of followers of Christ, of disciples of Jesus who are walking with Him. And we'll kind of help you fill that in here in a moment and hopefully be a help to you as we go along. But there's a reason that details are given in the Bible. So it's an event that takes place and, and there's a we want to pay attention to the detail as they come in. Moses comes down he doesn't know that his face is shining and as he comes down Aaron and the rest of the Israelites don't want to come near him but Moses calls Aaron and the leaders first of all to come and he talks with them and then he talks before all of Israel tells them all the things that God had told him while he was there on the mountain the Bible says that uh, when he got through talking with them he put on his mask or he put on his veil and then he keep his mask or veil on until he went into the presence of God until he came tent of meeting is where God dwelled and Moses would go. Well, such became the respect of Moses that whenever Moses made his way out to the tent of meeting to meet with God, all the people would stand outside the tent out of respect of what all that was taking place. And the Bible says when he went into the tent of meeting, he would take off his mask, and then when he came out, he would come and he would tell all the people that God had said, Unlike us, when we approach people, we put our mask on. He approached people to be sure that his mask was off. And then later, after he talked to the people, then he would put his mask or put his veil back on. These are the details, and details can be significant. Now, it's a little bit of a mystery exactly what the Hebrew shined or shone means. 
Sometimes in your Bibles could be translated as radiant. There's only four times this word is used in the Old Testament. Three of those are in this chapter talking about Moses' face. There's one other time that it's used, and it's used in Psalm 69 and verse 31, and there is translated the word as horn, which seems to be a little bit odd. But you know, if you find medieval pictures of Moses, oftentimes you'll find pictures of Moses, and for some reason, it may be because of the way this word was translated, Moses will have horns. Now, if we're looking at that, we think, well, it makes Moses look a little bit like a devil. But instead, it is, well, the understanding or trying to understand what this word meant. When Moses came down, he had this radiance on his face, and maybe it was like beams of light. Maybe nothing like this world had ever seen before. Well, what are we to make of this event? Let's, let's maybe state the most obvious as we talk about the presence of the Lord and what that means. The presence of the Lord will be reflected in your face and in your walk. It'll be reflected in your lifestyle and in your talk. But this is beyond the idea of uh, there's a smile under this mask, or it's beyond the idea of uh, uh, manufacturing a smile even when you go through difficult times. But the more time you spend with Jesus, the more it will be reflected in your demeanor and your countenance and how you carry yourself and in your daily walk and how you're, you love one another and how your life points other people to Jesus. Should Christians always be smiling? Well, maybe not. The Bible says weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. But even though about half of you still have your mask on, I could tell you that some of you could smile more. Even now it would be okay. It would be all right. So maybe it is okay, and sometimes it is reflected in our face. Well, preacher, you just don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the difficulties that I face. And the truth is, I don't. Even if you told me I have not walked in your shoes. But there is one who does, and it is the Lord Jesus. James, in his book in the New Testament... He writes the very first part of his book in James chapter 1 and verse 2. He's, he has the audacity to say this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect to complete, lacking in nothing. Let Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials of various kinds. Anybody had... Trials of various kinds, maybe already this year. Then James spends the rest of the book telling us how genuine faith makes a difference in your life. Well, does it make a difference? Well, I'm telling you, the presence of Jesus in your life does make a difference. Not it should make a difference, but if you're walking with Christ, it will make a difference. So, speaking of mask, we, we have a sign out front that has several different things going on, a little video sign out there. One of them says which seem, could seem odd at, if, if, at any other time of life, I guess, where it says, yes, wear your mask to church. I didn't think about it at first, but could that have kind of a dual meaning that some people, that when you come, you get out of your car and you come into the church, I mean, if we could see your face, you might plaster a smile regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the difficulty, regardless of whether you've walked the straight and narrow or not, little will others know or will... Will others be the wiser? And sometimes it may be that you feel like when you come to church or maybe around church people, you feel like you kind of put on a mask. But I prefer to think of it a little bit differently. And I think this is the environment we're seeking to pursue. You're here among friends. We're, and we're in this thing together, truly as believers in the Lord Jesus, a little bit differently than anybody else in the world. And 
in the things that we are going through, you know, certainly that many of the same things that we, you know, we're all going through. And then there are some things that you're particularly going through with your family or maybe some things that you're facing maybe individually. And even though I may not know or others may not know or some may know all that you're going through, you're among friends. So we come to this place, it ought to be a joyful place, not because we're perfect, not because our life is perfect, but because Christ is here. And when we gather together, whether it's in this place or among believers, we ought to be able to have a joyful attitude because of the difference that Christ makes in our life and because we know Christ continues to be at work and because even when you go through various trials that he helps us to learn about steadfastness and so that he helps us to be complete in all that we are uh, in Christ. Now, no need to wear that kind of a mask here. And just like the light overshadows the darkness, joy will overshadow the difficulties. And we're here to offer help and to find hope. And we believe that uh, our encounter with Jesus and we can, can be joyful because of our hope and help is found in Him. And then we're going to go out into the world. And as we go into the world... Like Moses, who did not even know his face was shining, the joy of the Lord should naturally be reflected in your walk and talk and sometimes even in your face. And today, if we've been successful in worship, it will not be on how you rate the singing or how you rate the preaching, but it will be on if you've had an encounter with the risen Lord and if it's made a difference. If you're a different person when you leave this place, then we've been successful in this. A trader of goods in the country of India met a missionary and asked him, said, what, uh, said, what is it that you people put on your faces? And the missionary said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, I'm a trader of goods in India. I go to Bombay and go to all kinds of cities and different places in India. And every time I come up across a missionary, I know there's something different that you put on your face. What is it that you put on your face? Finally, the missionary understood and he said, well, he said, we don't put anything on our faces. It has nothing to do with what we put on because there's nothing that we put on, but has everything to do with the one who is on the inside. And he shared with him about his faith in the living Lord Jesus Christ. And that day the traitor became a believer in the Lord Jesus and it happened to him that he went out a different person. I want you to do a favor for me as we talk about this passage. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You'll find that in your smartphones or Bibles. and I don't even know that you have to hold Exodus any longer. We may show a couple of verses, but we'll show those on the screen and you can keep up. It, it's likely today, if you're reading or you're hearing the story of Moses for the very first time about Moses wearing this mask or wearing the veil, because it may be you think he's wearing that because his face remained too bright to look upon or it frightened people. But the Apostle Paul preached or wrote about this very passage almost 2,000 years ago, just like we're doing today. He's looking at this passage and he's talking about that, this passage today. And he told us Moses wore a veil for a different reason. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, let's go ahead and read. We'll read verses uh, 7 through 7 and following there. This now is the Word of God. Now, if the ministry of death, now we talk about ministry of death, he's talking about those who follow the law and try to be saved by following the law. And he called it here in the midst of this chapter, it's the ministry of death because if you try to follow the law, nobody can and it's just going to lead to death. So now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone, you get this. He's talking about the Ten Commandments came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which is being brought to an end. Well, not the ministry of the Spirit, speaking of 
the gospel have even more glory. For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation and ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Verse 12 reads, Since we have such a hope, we are very bold, not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over the hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to other, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now i got to tell you, I'm probably more excited about this than you are, and that's okay, but it's always exciting to me to come to a New Testament passage that explains in detail an Old Testament passage so that we might be able to know it, because it's really not all that common like this. But did you catch why Paul says Moses wore the veil? It was not because Moses thought his face frightened people. Moses did not want the people to see the shine on his face fading. Now don't misunderstand, God's glory does not fade away. But on Moses' face, it did. And Paul says it did because the law by itself is insufficient. Now, the law was and is necessary so that we might be aware of our sins, so that we might be aware of our need for salvation and for Christ. And it is necessary. Let, let's do this. Let's compare a couple of verses in Exodus about this same passage that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 3. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 30 and 2 Corinthians 3, 7 and 8. And they're going to be on your screen. It says, Aaron... And all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. You remember that. We read it a moment ago. Then 2 Corinthians 3, 7, 8. Now if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, come with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze on Moses' face because of its glory, which is being brought to an end, and will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more Glory, ministry of the Spirit, meaning the good news found in Jesus. Paul's making a comparison about the giving of the law and the glory revealed in Jesus. Now, there's some notes there that you could fill in or at least follow along in. If the giving of the law brought such glory to Moses' face, how much more glory should be reflected because of Jesus? If the giving of the law brought such glory to Moses' face, how much more glory should be reflected because of Jesus? of Jesus. Do you think what happened to Moses and being in the presence of God, do you think it was pretty incredible? I mean, the fact that he was in the presence of God and he came down and his face shined, that was pretty incredible. But even more so should the glory of God be reflected in your life. Now, last week we talked about experiencing more of the glory of God. It was the time when Moses was put into the cleft of the rock and it was the time in which God's hand was upon him as all of the glory of the Lord passed before him. He, uh, Moses, uh, the Lord removed his hand and God saw his back. Well, last week we talked about experiencing more of the glory of God. So this week we want to be clear 
We're talking about reflecting and showing more of the glory of God through our lives. Well, let's look at a couple of more verses. Exodus chapter 34, 32 and 33. Well, we're going to compare that to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10. Exodus 34, 32 reads, Afterward, all the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10, Paul writes, Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. The law of God has and had its place, but there's something greater than the law. The law and works is insufficient to save everyone. So you have there in your notes, the glory seen in Moses' face has been surpassed by God's grace. I don't even think I knew that it rhymed until I looked at it again this morning. But the glory seen in Moses' face has been surpassed by God's grace by the good news of the gospel. While Paul's talking about the veil or the mask of Moses, he uses that same illustration to say that there are those who have been veiled or masked and they're unable to see Jesus in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Particularly he's talking to Jewish people. He cared, for the, he cared for the Israelites, cared for the Jewish people just like Moses did. And he said there are many Jewish people who are reading some of the same passages that we are reading, but there's a veil over their heart and there's a veil over the face because they refuse to believe in Jesus because they're still trying to make it by the law and not by grace. Well, it's not just the Jewish people. Many are trying to earn their salvation by good works or being a good neighbor or maybe a good citizen and just maybe they can be good enough to go to heaven. Some people come to church every Sunday and their eyes and their hearts are veiled or they're listening on live stream. Their eyes and their, mass, their hearts are veiled to the things that are being said because they have refused to give their heart and life to Jesus as of yet. And so they cannot understand the things, of course, that are of God. Now they may come away with a good feeling. They may have a good, warm fuzzy feeling certainly after worship and we can have that but it's not making a difference in their life see we talk about in worship we know that what happens in worship whether we've been successful or not we've talked about that is because you've experienced Jesus and because it does make a difference in your life what difference does the presence of Jesus make the presence of the Lord Jesus will remain forever the presence of the Lord Jesus will remain forever. It's kind of the main point of 2 Corinthians 3. Faith in law or faith in anything or anyone other than the Lord Jesus will be short-lived for the presence of the Lord Jesus remains forever. Let's compare another couple of verses. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 35 and 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. In the Old Testament it is written, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses and the skin of Moses' face was shining and Moses would put a veil over his face again until he went to speak with him. Now, I don't know why I thought, well, as I read that, I thought Moses put a veil on his face because he thought it was too bright. After all, if it's the glory of God, wouldn't you want everybody to see it? Well, look what Paul writes, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now don't miss this. In contrast to Moses who kept wearing a mask, kept wearing a veil, and there was a time and a place for that mask, 
But now because of the presence of Jesus in our life, it's time to rid ourselves of that mask. So, the light radiating from Moses' face was always fading, thus the mask. But in Christ, hope never fades. Be bold and let your light shine. Remove the mask. Remove the veil. Let God's glory remain forever on you and let it shine. Because His glory is on us forever. Okay. Now, okay, what does that look like? We'd, we'd like for others, maybe, maybe you've come to the place you want people to know that you've been in the presence of God or you have Christ in you. Well, how do, how do we do that? Well, uh, this kind of helps us here a little bit. Um, you know, it doesn't mean just always smiling all the time, although I'm glad that uh, some of you can't help but smile. But there's a word here used in 2 Corinthians 3, the very last verse that we read, and it's the word transformed. So we find it pretty important that what's happening, if it's going to happen and people are going to be able to see Jesus in us, we must be transformed into the image of Jesus. In the presence of Jesus, there's a transformation that takes place that should be undeniable. But the Apostle Paul, often when he writes a letter, he will write about our status in Christ. This is who we are in Christ, what Christ has done for us, and this is who we are. And then he'll write about the practice of Christians. Once he talks about the status, then he tells us about the practice. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about the status of the believer in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about the practice. We're going to borrow from chapter 4 for just a moment. And uh, these aren't necessarily in your notes, but you could certainly jot them down. But what does an unmasked face or heart look like? What does a follower of Jesus look like? What do we do? Number one, you do not lose heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. You don't give up. Regardless of what you go through, regardless of what we're going through in this world, regardless of what you're going through individually, keep trusting in Jesus. Number two, you keep walking with Jesus in truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, if you're still there, it says, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So you keep walking by God's word. You keep walking in truth. Keep following Him. Number three, you proclaim Jesus and not self. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So, what did the Jesus say? The one who is the greatest does what, according to Jesus? So that's the one who serves. And we don't proclaim ourselves, but we proclaim Jesus. And then number four, let light shine in the darkness. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what do we do? We take the mask off. We allow people to see the glory of God in our own lives and we let light shine out of darkness. It, it's been predicted by some that when the pandemic is over that we'll become like some Asian countries to where it will not be uncommon to always continue to see people wear masks. That's the, let me give you my prediction. My prediction is if it, that is true, it will not be worn by this Alabama-born country boy. You understand? Probably it's not just... 
It's just probably not going to happen. But what we need to do, there's a time, to, there's a time that we have to wear the physical mask. Oh, I wish I could tell you right now, God's told me to take that mask off, but God hadn't told me that. So maybe the time is now that we need to wear the mask. But I can tell you this. It is time that we take off the mask that would cause people not to be able to see the presence of the Lord Jesus in our life. Now that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Now that, as the Bible tells us, the veil in the Holy of Holies in the temple has been torn in two so that we might know that we have complete access. You know, I wasn't going to not talk about the veil of the temple and talk about Moses' veil. Because of that, we now have access to God and other people need to know that. We need to let Christ shine through us. About a century ago, there were, uh, there were a group of missionaries that went out, and they were called one-way missionaries. And I shared this with our Wednesday night group. I've told them sometimes I've tried out on a Wednesday night group to, before I tried out on you. But uh, I, would think, I would have thought they'd been called one-way missionaries because, you know, Jesus is the way and the only way. But uh, they were called one-way missionaries because they were determined wherever God was leading them to go, they were not. We bought a one-way ticket. They were not coming back. Matter of fact, when they packed all of their goods, they would, uh, they would not pack them in a suitcase. They would pack them in a coffin. And the coffin would be shipped with them because they were determined that this is the place in which they would stay and serve until the Lord called them home. One of those missionaries with A.W. Milne, he went to the new Herbides, Herbides Islands in the South Pacific. Now, you've got to understand that in those days, there were headhunters on those islands. And there had been missionaries that had gone before, but every one of them had been martyred. Every one of them had been killed. When Milne was asked why he would go, he said, Well, I've already died to Christ. I've already been crucified with him. Why would I not go follow where he's leading me to go? But instead of dying there from the cannibals that lived there, the headhunters, he was ministered there for 35 years. And when he did die, the very coffin in which he packed all of his stuff in, they came and they put it in the middle of the village. And there there's an epitaph that reads, When he came, there was no light. And when he died, there was no darkness. Speaking of God's glory, let your light shine before others so that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. What difference does the presence of Jesus make well the presence of the Lord Jesus will radiate from within unlike Moses that his face would shine because he'd been in the presence of God and then it would fade away because you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ your light shines because of Christ in you and I'll be the first to admit boy we've gone quite a journey today from Exodus to 2 Corinthians 3 to 2 Corinthians 4 but I want to leave you with one verse 2 Corinthians 3.16, it may be the John 3.16 of 2 Corinthians. It says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil or the mask is removed. Whatever it is that you're, that's keeping you from moving forward or keeping you masked, spiritually speaking, whether it be fear, whether it be family difficulties, whether it be lack of faith or worry or depression or temptations or unrepentant sin, Claim this promise, and the mask will be removed. Turn to the Lord, and He'll take away anything that's keeping you from moving forward and growing in Christ. And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, 
Or if you need to ask Him in to be your Lord and Savior for the very first time, asking Christ to come in, we encourage you to do that very thing so that you might live a life of freedom, unveiled for others to see, so that you might turn all things over to Him and know that we can trust in Him to take care of us, to take care of our eternity, to take care of all the things that we're facing today. We don't have what we would call a usual altar call, but we're encouraging you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or even today you want to call upon Him, we want to encourage you to do that very thing. Uh, we have um, uh, membership cards and connection cards on all of our table. We love to hear from you. If the Lord is leading you to make a decision or even interested in joining the church, we love to hear from you. If you've got prayer requests or questions of faith, we love to talk with you. Remember, we're having baptism next Sunday. You can be a part of that as a representation of your faith in the Lord Jesus as well. Brother Dick's going to come and going to close us out, and then I think we also have the band's going to lead us in one more. <laughs>